1: Good morning. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine, California, streaming online at KUCI.org and podcasting on iTunes. Welcome to Privacy Piracy. I'm Lloyd, the show's engineer. We've enjoyed bringing this show since 2005. Your host is Mari Frank, a local attorney since 1985. She's a certified information privacy professional. Mari's testified many times on privacy issues in Congress and the California Legislature. You may have seen her on Dateline, 48 Hours, CNN, NBC, The O'Reilly Factor, and many more shows, including her own 90-minute PBS television special, Protecting Yourself in the Information Age. To learn more about this radio show and our great guests, please visit kci.org privacypiracy. Mari, what's our show about this morning?
2: Well, I'm really excited because our show is about autonomous cars, you know, vehicles, and other related privacy concerns. And we have two fabulous attorneys coming to us from Northern California, and I'm just thrilled to have them back. Let me first tell you about Mark Mao, who is a partner in the cybersecurity, information governance, and privacy and business litigation practice of Troutman Sanders. And he is a certified in uh, information privacy professional. He is, which is an IAPP like I am, and he is also um, ISO approved and a fellow of information privacy, uh, which is FIP, and he's a certified information privacy technologist and a certified information privacy professional for the United States. He was previously an IT consultant at Arthur Anderson Consulting, implementing database software. So he is not only an attorney, he is really a, a, a techie. Also, we have with us uh, Jonathan Lee, Ye, excuse me, and he is an attorney in the firm Cybersecurity Information Governments and Privacy Practice Group also, With an emphasis on financial services litigation, and he focuses his practice on the intersection of business and information technology, representing clients in the areas of very important things such as data security, data privacy, and intellectual privacy concerns. You can learn more about them at our website at privacypiracy.org where you see their pictures and bios. And we also link to their website, which is Troutman, T-R-O-U-T-M-A-N dot com. So thank you, Mark and Jonathan, for joining me today. We're so excited to have you back.
1: Thank you for having us.
2: Yeah, so let's start out with Mark. This is uh, really something because I just bought uh, a new SUV with every kind of safety feature that's driving me crazy because a lot of it's autonomous. (laughs) So this is a perfect time for me to talk to you about this. Autonomous vehicles are getting closer to becoming a much more commonplace method of travel, right? So what developments have you seen in this space recently, Mark?
0: Um, well, well, first of all, we're definitely seeing a lot more uh, projects come across our desk, which uh, either is directly about you know autonomous vehicles, or you know it deals with uh, issues on you know software, uh, you know data products, um, uh, business partnerships, which are ultimately aimed to support you know autonomous vehicles or autonomous vehicle-based economy. So you know, you can definitely see uh, news and uh, periodicals appearing much more often about how uh, you know AV, which is autonomous vehicle, is abbreviated. It is would be disruptive to the transportation industry. How it's generally and typically historically staffed. Um, you know, we're definitely seeing a lot of um, AV car testing occurring in multiple countries. Um, you know, countries where some of the regulations are not necessarily as stringent uh, as ours, just in China, and uh, you know, we're seeing technologies roll out where we can see a direct integration and collaboration uh, with AV technologies, such as you know, people talk about Internet of Things, but what people are not really talking about. Um, you know, as much directly is how a lot of that is now really being aimed towards. You know, uh, technologies like autonomous vehicles, like uh, artificial intelligence. Uh, you know, uh, algorithms which are driven that direction. Uh, just a very, very kind of connected space and connected city uh, type of place. Uh, and we're definitely seeing a lot of uh, you know regulatory development although they're a little bit uh, slower. Um, and you know, you definitely see that in the news. Uh, you probably also see some of the, uh, uh, you know, the more uh, humorous ones regarding autonomous vehicles crashing here and there or, or injuring somebody. Um, yeah, that's probably the best way to answer that.
2: Really, I mean, I'm I'm feeling it in my car myself when I when I think that I'm in my lane and then all of a sudden. <laughs> My car tells me you're not in the lane and moves me over. That's pretty autonomous in itself, you know. I mean, oh goodness. So, I mean, do you think it's gonna? Yeah, I mean, happen? I mean, there's there's <laughs> there's so many. There's things. some,
0: uh, you know, there's some vehicles now with you know, like uh, what they call uh, you know, level three autonomy. So, you know, if you look at some of the Tesla cars, they have level three autonomy, which is that under certain conditions uh, and with the driver uh, still having their hands. On the wheel, you know, it's able to drive autonomously, quote unquote, you know, through traffic. Um right. You know, it's not without its problems, but it's, uh, it's we're definitely getting there.
2: So, do you think there's going to come a time very soon in the near future that we'll just get in the car and say, you know, take me to work, and then you could do work while you're in the car? <laughs> you think that's going to be the case?
0: To be honest, I actually think that we're probably more like fifteen years away from that. I think we're probably within five years of some really serious technology where you know it's more like um, uh, you know you could put on a mode where you don't have to pay nearly as much attention, Uh, but. It actually, contrary to what most people think, it's actually not the technology that that is scary. It's actually the fact that technology has to deal with people who are irrational, <laughs> um, right. and you know, and there's there's a lot of people who are will still be in manual cars on the road. Uh, and the truth is that unless the entire fleet of cars on the road is autonomous, it's actually, um, you know, humans actually create as much danger to the vehicles. Um, you know, more than any other kind sure. of, like, obstacle you may have, have on the road.
2: Right, right. So, Jonathan, you know, in, in such a fast-moving and exciting industry and a little bit scary, too, um, how is the development of autonomous vehicles really regulated? What are the, what's really happening here in the United States versus other countries?
1: Well, you know, in short, the, the development of standards and regulations related to autonomous vehicles, it's, it's an ongoing process. Um, The NHTSA, or the the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, has promulgated voluntary federal guidelines for designing and building autonomous cars, but it is actually each state's respective transportation and motor vehicle departments that are currently setting the rules for the testing and operating of such vehicles. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, specifically, uh, last year in September, uh, the, the NHTSA issued its voluntary guidance Um, which pertains to the safe development of of AV technologies. Um, The guidance, however, as I mentioned, is completely voluntary. um, And and really, it's functioned in many respects as as a mere temporary stand-in for autonomous vehicle safety standards until more developed standards are are actually written and and promulgated, Uh, Uh you know, and in part, yeah, it's 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 kind of interesting. The um, how you know, as Mark mentioned before, it's it's been kind of slow on the regulatory front, especially federally speaking. Uh, you know, in part, this this guidance from the NHTSA provides that car manufacturers should <clears throat> publish before any testing and deployment of their technologies safety assessment reports or letters that describe how uh, you know the manufacturers actually considered the safety elements mm-hmm. outlined in the guidance. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but. Only a couple of companies have actually taken it upon themselves to comply with that that guidance. You know, GM and Waymo uh, have published safety assessments, but you know, a number of other manufacturers that are currently uh, attempting to put vehicles out there haven't even complied with it. Um, you know, and and aside from this voluntary guidance, Congress has has been working diligently to to enact legislation to address you know, the safe and appropriate development of of AVs uh, as well. But um, you know, and this this started primarily last year, again, in in September when the House of Representatives passed the Self-Drive Act, uh, which is, it's short for uh, safety, Ensuring Lives, Future Deployment and Research and Vehicle Evolution Act. So it's a mouthful, mm. but <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> they, I, I don't really know what's going on with with some of these legislative bills. But, uh, you know, the the thing is, immediately after that was passed, the, the Senate basically decided to draft its own legislation instead, uh, which which did draw substantially from the House bill. But but, uh, you know, it, it drew a lot from the NHTSA guidance as well. Um, and the Senate bill, which is, which is actually in short known as the AV Start Act, um, essentially codifies a lot of the, the requirements that were in the NHTSA guidance. Um, you know, it requires the submission of, of the same reports that, that I, I just mentioned. Mm-hmm. Um, and it also prohibits the, uh, the NHTSA from conditioning the testing or sale of AVs on any review of these reports. Um, so, you know, it kind of, it walks the line. It walks the line of, of allowing the industry to function while also trying to ensure that, that these manufacturers are uh, taking necessary precautions up front uh, to address these, these safety and deployment concerns, um, you know. But unfortunately, as, as it stands now, the, the legislation has completely stalled in the Senate uh, over concerns that the technology is has yet to be proven safe and reliable. So uh, right now, there, there hasn't been much movement on the legislative front since the end of last year, um, federally, uh, you know, with respect to state legislation, it, it's, been a, it's been a different story. Um, you know, each, each of the states are addressing uh, the development and deployment of, of AVs in their own way. Uh, for example, uh, Arizona uh, has, has long taken a, a, a much more flexible approach to regulating self-driving cars. Uh, allowing for test runs to be conducted without human drivers behind the wheel, whereas in contrast, California, where where we're all based, um, you know they've they've previously been more restrictive, and I think that's in line with California's consumer uh, protection. Right. Policies, uh, mm-hmm. you know, across the board. But you know, only just last month have they actually started accepting applications for autonomous cars to be tested on public roads without a human driver behind the wheel. Right. Um, you know, so in 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 the end, I, I think state regulations are forming are forming right now a, a kind of colorful patchwork of requirements for development and deployment of AVs across the country. But I think everyone's also holding their breath to to you know wait for the promulgation of of uh, more detailed federal standards.
2: Right, right. So it's often legislation just can't keep up with the technology. But so now we've seen, you know, just even this week in the paper, we were reading about another accident. So we've been looking at some of these I guess it'd be funny to say these road bumps, like you said, um, recently with Tesla and Uber. So let's talk a little bit about those and and how does the litigation work? I mean, are we looking at standards in the industry without legislation to determine whether, you know, uh, how these litigation cases are going to come out? What do you think?
1: Sure. Sure, absolutely. I, I think that standards will will definitely come into play. I, I think it's interesting to note, and and by way of background for for some of your listeners, just to to provide some background. Um, you know, the the incidents that you mentioned. You know, Tesla had a, a couple of of incidents uh, involving autonomous or semi-autonomous vehicles, um, and, and specifically, there there was one incident in March of this year uh, where a, a Model X collided with a a highway lane divider um and, and you know uh, there was uh it, that was one incident um and you know at the time of the incident the autopilot feature of the car was uh, allegedly turned on um and uh you know there was another incident involving Uber which also took place in, in March of this year uh with one when one of its uh, self-driving cars uh, struck and, and unfortunately killed a woman in Tempe Arizona mm-hmm. who was uh, a pedestrian crossing the street with her bike um, you know and, and that and the incidents are still under investigation by the local authorities and, and clearly they've pulled the data from both of the uh, the black boxes from both of the cars and, and everything's being evaluated. Um, but what I, I think is interesting to, to kind of note from all of these situations is that you know they're, they, they are isolated incidents. Um, you know and, and so the thing is when we're talking about standards, I, I think, Really, what at the end of the day, what's going to define uh, you know any ultimate liability or any uh, changes in regulations coming up in this space is going to be the the results of what the investigations are. You know, was this because there there hasn't been a pattern. You know, surprisingly, um, you know, automated uh, autonomous vehicle legislation has been around since 2011, um, starting in Nevada, and and it's you know this development has been going on for for several years now, and cars have been. Uh, out on the roads, uh, not only on, on private roads, but also on campuses and also now on public roads, uh, testing all of this technology. And there haven't been some clear pattern that the technology is inherently unsafe or dangerous or that, you know, there are some lack of controls on any on behalf of any of these companies, mm-hmm. uh, including, you know, Uber or, or Google or Tesla. You know, and these, these really do appear to be isolated incidents uh, and, and uh, you know, in, in certain circumstances, again, as Mark mentioned, it does involve kind of some human error. You know, um, it, it's outside circumstances that intervened and, and unfortunately these incidents happen. But um, in terms of, you know, determining liability, I absolutely think that, that when standards, that standards will come into play. Um, and, uh, you know, as it stands right now, though, again, it's, it's kind of this nebulous area where they're still all in development, uh, both on the state level as on, and uh, on the federal level.
2: Right. So, Mark, what do you think? Where do you see autonomous vehicle regulation heading then, given what we've just, you know, heard from, from Jonathan?
0: You know that's a very interesting question. Uh, I'll try not my best. You know, fight against my lawyer instincts to give an evasive question response. <laughs> <laughs> so really, what you're seeing, what you're really seeing on the industry, is you're, you're, and actually you're you're seeing um, the regulators. Uh, you know, specifically the NHTSA uh, Department of Transportation say this, which is that there's really two approaches that they're all kind of debating. Uh, one of which is uh, industry driven. So you know they literally would just uh, delegate kind of like some of the DS, um what what they would call authorities that'll be regulating some of the data exchanges necessary to create a like, you know a truly autonomous um, you know type of uh, vehicle fleets out there on the road um, and just see what industry is gonna do um you know that's an industry led model um and then there are discussions about how uh, there would be some you know kind of um uh, you know, more direct government intervention on some of these some of these kind of like data regulating authorities. Um, you know, and those two are two different kind of models that you're kind of like seeing in the legislation. Um, you know, there's there's all types of reasons why they kind of go in. You know, government. You know, are they really do they really feel equipped to you know to deal with some of the emerging technologies and you know some of the experimentation. And help take that on, while at the same time, you know, getting out of, um, uh, you know, getting out of business's way. Uh, so there's a lot of debate between that, and, and you know, we had different administrations in charge as well. So what you're really seeing right now is you're seeing a patchwork of guidance yeah. um, out there. Um, you know, nobody's really saying like this is kind of a law. Um, you know, they're giving allowances. You know, an up to, um, you know, number of vehicles in which OEMs can have on the road that are autonomous. Uh, you know, for experimentation purposes, so long as you know they're 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 reasonably comparable to uh, other cars on the road in terms of safety, and, and that's really kind of it right there. And then what you're seeing is you're seeing a lot of self industry groups issuing, uh, sorry, in, in industry self-regulating groups issuing kind of like their own regulations and their own guidance. Um, you know, uh, trying to create standards themselves, and some of them are obviously using it to leverage. You know, for for their own platforms, for their own brand, for their own name, and then and then the more interesting and even more uh, fragmented and interesting thing is you're seeing you know people who make certain components or people who are um, you know just in one part of the space um, you know try to use theirs to influence you know the other verticals. So, for example, like you know Apple hopping into. Um, you know co- uh, into uh, autonomous cars and then at the same time they're trying to push for Apple Play in right. a lot of what they call connected cars right. uh, you know trying to push their platform and use you know the the cell phone as the hub for all information coming in and coming out um, so I'm really trying not to give a, a, a evasive uh, type of uh, you know answer here, but what you're really seeing is really capitalism at its greatest, <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> which is that which is that you know everybody's trying to compete with each other and everybody's trying to be dominant. And at the same time, you know, the government's trying its best to give guidance, but also stay out of the way. Uh, you know consumers you know both reacting and and being absolutely fascinated by technology that's coming out um I think it's super exciting um uh, you know in terms of where it's going, I think it's going to have some combination um i would I would really be surprised to think that even if the government kind of gives out some of um uh, you know these you know, whether it be certific- uh you know, certifying, and what I'm talking about is a lot of the data authorities in between. Mm, yeah. I just cannot see government directly regulating it. I mean, there's, you know, there's talks about you know them letting it go, kind of like the way they let kind of like the internet go, you know, and you have. Right. You know, you have these domain issuing authorities, which are, you know, ultimately, truly kind of like private, but they're kind of like really more public than anything else. I, I just cannot see the DOT and the, the NHTSA ultimately really letting it go at a high level. Yeah. Um, I see something centralized. I see governments collaborating with each other. Um, you know, I I see companies that are looking for big profit, ultimately subject to uh, heightened scrutiny and heightened regulations, in which... Um, you know, um, component and um, software manufacturers may not necessarily be be subject to. In other words, I see tiers of types of regulations. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, that that's what I imagine that we'd be going to. Um, you know, and in terms of you know uh, relating back to privacy, um, I do think that there's going to be an ongoing debate, like the way we have in things like like blockchain. You know, which is that um, I, I do think the government is going to um, you know push for um, um, that drivers be anonymous, you know, uh, even as, you know, gu- you know, things are being guided through traffic. But at the same time, I think you're going to have these things where, you know, they want to be able to track crime. Um, they're going to, you know, want to make sure that you're safe. They're going to want to make sure that your vehicle hasn't been hacked and therefore needs authentication. And all right. of those things are going right. to require some way to track you. So we're going into an age in which um, your, your identity um, is both a key to your autonomy yet at the same time a key to your safety? Um, you know this idea of like de-identified information. I think is going to be a complete myth within yeah, five years.
2: Yeah, yeah, I know because I have Apple Play on my new car, right? And so I can plug in my Apple phone and then, you know, my own navigation comes up on the navigation screen and everything else, you know, so somebody can see where I'm going through my phone. Uh, So it's uh, so what kind of information people are probably thinking, oh, my God, well, what kind of information are these vehicles going to be collecting?
0: uh so there's really three levels uh of uh information um, that generally when you're talking about um, uh autonomous cars you're talking there's there's a uh uh you know vehicle to um, uh, what they call v2i information which is like a vehicle to infrastructure and there's v2v which is vehicle to uh vehicle information when vehicles are communicating uh, with each other um, and then there are uh, there's vehicle to device information which means that you know so for example like um you know there's some versions of autonomous cars where um, you know, people are imagining that it would literally be plugged into, like, you know, your cell phone, and then your cell phone is also acting as a hub, uh, you know, to connect to everything else. Um, there's different. So, 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 if within an environment, you can just imagine, right? When we're talking about vehicle-to-environment uh, I- infrastructure, um, you know, you're talking about. Um, anything else that might be connected, right, or, or. Right, so anything um,
2: that's on my cell phone, I mean, if I think about my, my iPhone, right, I mean, everything, so many things are on there besides my email and my client stuff, and, you know, I, I don't do my banking on there like a lot of other people do, but still, there's, there's a, a lot of stuff in there that's, that's really private information that if it's, connected to my vehicle, you know, does that mean it's connected to whoever can access that and hack into that,
0: right? Right, right, right. But when we're talking about V2I information, vehicle okay. to infrastructure oh, information, okay. that's more like that's more like your vehicle uh so, so so imagine this like the way your vehicle is going to perceive its environment it's fundamentally different than the way in which human beings are going to receive input you know we have our you know our eyes our ears our nose and our hearing yeah. uh but vehicles they're 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 not only going to be able to see through a camera but they're going to be able to receive different types of signals that you and I cannot so for example mm-hmm. uh, a vehicle to infrastructure information would be like a vehicle communicating with the signal um, you and I may see you know uh, green yellow then red but what a vehicle is really receiving is uh, both, you know, the color within its camera, which is its kind of like its ultimate fail safe, right? Mm-hmm. But then it's also receiving potentially signals from the government infrastructure saying, like, hey, now this light at this grid at this location is now green, and it's okay for you to be moving north, uh, right. um, you know, north and south. But it's not okay for you to be moving east and west. Right. right That's what right. we mean by yeah. V2I information. Yeah. Yeah. But so, 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 so in other words, there's about, going to be a whole so, slew yeah. of information that you're probably not going to be aware that's connecting to, right? Um, and, and and you know, like, and and it might scare you a little bit, but like you know, like we literally see products where, you know, um, you know buildings and vehicles are communicating. Um, you know, they're trying to figure out, you know, what is passing by, why is it passing by, and you know, I mean, maybe it sounds very nefarious, but there's some very basic reasons. Like, for example. If you have a bunch of pedestrians and people who might be pushing strollers on the first floor crossing the entrance of your garage, um, do you necessarily just want, um, you know, a camera uh, to be your only source of information as to whether or not a vehicle is flying out at 30 miles per hour? No. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, it's impossible, but there's a way to make sure that you know the vehicle is on route to be there within, like, 30 seconds that, you know, you warn the pedestrians that a vehicle is coming. Right, yeah. so we're getting that kind of place where where the world, the buildings, the vehicles, the people, their devices, um, and they're online or their you know their their identity in an ether, right? It's all connected. Wow, that's where we're going.
2: It's it's fascinating stuff for you guys. I'm sure this kind of stuff just fascinates you as well because you're learning the whole ins and outs of all this. So Jonathan, tell us about the privacy concerns that we all need to think about. You know, here I was thinking, you know, not so much about my car talking to a building, but I was thinking about my Apple Play in there and all my other devices that are going to be connected, like the whole Internet of thing with with my car. So what are some of the privacy concerns, Jonathan?
1: Well, you know, one of the interesting privacy concerns is the fact that uh, a lot of drivers and vehicle owners don't actually own much of the vehicle data that's stored on their vehicle, uh, you know, in, in the US. Um, the, the black box or the event data recorder information, that that belongs to the driver as a matter of right. But a lot of other non-medical data stored in the vehicle, such as the phone books that are synced with the vehicle, um, when you, you know, when you use the Bluetooth or you, you right. plug your phone in, um, as well as other location data or other vehicle generated data, it's, it's largely unregulated. And a lot of times, you know, uh, uh, car manufacturers, o- OEMs can make the argument that uh, they have the actual right to ownership over a lot of this car data in part because of the agreements that you've signed when you purchase uh, when you purchase the vehicle number 1 or when you you know purchase any of the upsell features or connectivity applications in the car um, so you know and the fact is this information is you know, these cars are generating a lot of data, but it, it's just so incredibly valuable. Um, you know, there was a white paper from a couple of years ago from the, the McKinsey consulting firm that projected a 450 to $750 billion industry for automotive data by 2030. So, you know, it's completely understandable that these companies will be seeking to trade on this new bevy of, ve- of vehicle data. Um, and, and while car owners may not think about it, you know, the average vehicle contains a great Deal of personal, uh, personally identifiable information, or PII, right. you know, including your home addresses, which can be drawn again from your, your driving patterns, um, your phone numbers, and in some cases even biometric data, locations, routes, um, you know, such that uh, the, the the collection of personal data in this context may lead not only to the generation and, and collecting of individual drivers' movement profiles, but it could also generate a ton of data for evaluating driving behaviors. Um, you know, and the problem that we talked about is that if manufacturers own and control much of this data, consumers are left to hope that manufacturers will adequately protect their PII uh, and that their PII will only be used for legitimate purposes. You know, a lot of the same arguments that we've seen, you know, even in like the uh, the Cambridge Analytica scandal with Facebook recently and right, the, right. the Trump campaign. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, it, it's the same kind of concerns. You know, one, one interesting privacy concern that I, I actually, uh, you know, was – I thought was kind of fun was, you know, a lot of these cars are now putting in tiny cameras that are aimed at the car's occupants and and the driver um, purportedly to to ensure that the driver and the occupants of the vehicle are are alert and not distracted from driving. And yet it raises a lot of the same concerns that we've seen recently um, from smartphone applications, uh, you know, facial recognition, smart assistant listening capabilities, smart TVs, you know, the same kind of um, always on uh, uh, you know, not, not surveillance, but interactive features that I think a lot of consumers are concerned about invading their privacy.
2: Wow. Yeah, it does feel a little bit like 1984 or or even worse, Minority Report or all these exciting <laughs> things that are happening. But would you believe it? We are just out of time. What? First of all, I have to tell you guys, you have the most wonderful voices for radio. That's both of you. And the second thing is you're just so brilliant that we have to have you been back again to talk more about this. So please just give your website and uh, it's going to be time to go.
1: Sure. Our website is www.troutman.com. That is T-R-O-U-T-M-A-N.com. And thank you so much for having us.
2: Mark Mao and Jonathan Yee, you are fantastic and we will definitely have you back again. So thank you so much for joining us. Bye-bye. You've been listening to KUCI 88.9 FM Irvine and KUCI.org on the net. I'm Mari Frank. Join us every Monday morning at 8 a.m. and visit our website at privacypiracy.org. Thanks. Stay private.
0: The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents.